0: Hey everyone, welcome back to campus. We are so excited that you are here. And so we are going to do a brand new series kicking off this spring where we are looking at trees. Um, this may seem a little bit like we're trying to be tree huggers, but I promise that's not what we're getting at. Uh, I think it's important for us to do what we can for the environment, but this is not that kind of series either. And so first off, I want to tell a story of um, my gra- my great grandma and grandpa. And so after my Nana, my great grandma had passed away in November of 1996, my papa Virgil had planted two dogwood trees the next spring one with white blooms and one with pink. After a few years of growth, the tree with the white flowers bloomed and continued to bloom each spring. However, the pink tree never had any blooms. In 2004, my Papal Virgil actually passed away fairly close to Christmas time. And that next spring in 2005, both trees bloomed and continued to bloom every spring. How cool is that? And so in this series, like, our hope is to to look at, like, trees in Scripture and what they can reveal and teach us about the gospel of Jesus. And if you think about it, whether you're conscious or, or or know it or not, trees mean something to you. You know, maybe growing up you had a climbing tree, or maybe there's a tree that marks, like, when you're almost to to a loved one's house, or maybe there's a tree that you pass that, that like, like you, you remember it because of how either how cool it looked or like how maybe how big it was. Um, but people use trees for different reasons. Like we celebrate new babies at times by planting trees, and celebrate those um, that we love often by by planting a tree that maybe after they they pass away, like my 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 great grandpa did um, with with his wife. And so um, for for us, we we oftentimes have like these these unknown emotions almost if you will like i remember there's a tree um actually in my grandma's yard that fell over and like i've don't i never did anything with it other than noticing that like it was huge and that like it had a lot of a lot of branches on it and just stuff like that but it fell over and i almost felt like oh man like this tree fell over no like that's that's so sad and it's like just funny how how trees can sometimes, um, you know, be, be, be that emotion, emotionally attached for us. And so oftentimes, though, when it comes to scripture um, and, and um, like, connecting with trees, trees have a way of bridging generations and connecting us with the past and inviting us to dream for the future. When we plant ten trees, we imitate God. And that quote actually comes from Matthew Sleeth in Reforesting Faith. And I don't think it was on accident that one of the main symbols found in Scripture um, that connects with our faith deals with trees. We talk about trees like this isn't just a full on tree, but this is also like talking about the leaves, talking about the branches, the roots, the fruits, the seeds, and even um, bushes, because a bush was seen as a kind of tree in Scripture. And so nearly all significant events that we see are marked by a tree in Scripture. Abraham sits under the oaks of Mamre, where he actually meets, meets God. Uh, Jacob sees a ladder that reaches towards heaven in a dream. And let me tell you, it's not metal or marble, it's wood. And where does wood come from? Trees, right? And Joseph was actually simply called a tree in Genesis 49. Moses stood barefoot before a burning bush. I could go on and on, and these are just some of the highlights. Christ himself has an experience with the tree, a cursed tree that we'll finish the series with um, that we're actually called to pick up and carry ourselves. Okay, one more. God tells the snake in Genesis three fifteen that I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. And later in Revelation 22, Jesus claims that, that um, i jesus have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches i am the root and the descendant of david the bright and morning star jesus is the root and the descendant of david to restore all things he's claiming to be the seed that bruised and destroyed the snake's head why study trees in scripture matthew Sleeth says that trees point toward who god is who we are and how the world works and why evil exists. So unfortunately, most of us maybe have never heard a Sermon on Trees. There might be trees referenced um, in in some teachings, but we don't focus on why they matter in revealing the gospel of Jesus. And so once going through this series, my hope is that it would open or reveal to to you as you read through this, this story of Scripture to see the places where God has placed trees. They often speak of promise, similarly to how the rainbow is God's promise to us to never flood the earth again. Trees throughout Scripture are a promise that He's still there, And tonight, we're going to look at the first significant tree found in scripture, the tree of life. And this is what you need to know about it. The tree of life gives us hope of dwelling side by side with Jesus. For a reading today, we're going to do a little skip around, and I want to read the full sections, but time doesn't allow it. And so I will do fill-ins where where necessary. Um, So this is Genesis 2, 8 through 9. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And Out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. There's a river that flows out of Eden um, to water the garden and splits into four different paths that end up becoming the, the Pishon, the Gihon, the Tigris, and the Euphrates. So picking up our story in Genesis 2:15 through 17, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, which includes the tree of life. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So after this, God gives Adam a suitable helper called woman because she came to help the man. She came from the man. Her name Eve actually means life. So next we see the snake come and he targets Eve with the temptation to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Instead of seeing, taking, and eating from the tree of life, which is God's wisdom she and Adam do what was good in their own eyes and take from the tree of good and bad and bring curse to the land and so after God speaks to each of them the serpent Eve and Adam about what their choice is going to lead for them this is what we read about the tree of life in Genesis three twenty-two through 24 the Lord God said behold the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Going forward to the end of scripture, we read in John's vision about heaven and earth overlapping once again, but now as a garden city, and this is what we read about it. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. I love this. Let me tell you, the tree of life has been a place of deep study because it's so mysterious, yet it brings hope. I desire so badly to take from the tree of life its fruits that, produ- that it produces and to enjoy it. My amazing and beautiful life, wife, sorry, Caitlin, um, she bought me this journal that it, if you were to see it, it almost looks like Bilbo's original copy of The Hobbit. <laughs> I'm not kidding. But she knows that the tree of life has been something I've been working through. And so she got me this journal while it looks like that, the Hobbit in some ways, um, it actually has like a tree of life on it that like a picture, picture of it, or like a impression on the leather of of the tree of life. And for me, that is like a good, good reminder of the tree of life and what it means um, today and how, how we have access um, to God. And so how it's a symbol of that. And so my hope is, that this teaching would be a revelation for us when it comes to the story of Bible and would help us draw nearer to diving into scripture and further drawing us in our relationship with Jesus. And so what is the tree of life? First, the tree of life is a symbol of human access to God. The tree of life was in the middle of this beautiful garden land where God dwelled with his new creation. It was pleasing to look at and good for food. It's a symbol of human access to God because if they ate from it, they would become more like God and continue to experience eternal life with him. The more we take from the tree of life, the more we become like God and grow closer to him. We still experience that today because God is the source of the tree of life. Through Jesus, who is often considered a tree of life, gave his life for us so that we could gain direct access to the Father. This is what Shane Wood says about this in his book, Between Two Trees. You see, the Bible ends where it begins, because Revelation 22 is the conclusion to an unfinished creation. Yes, Eden. But more importantly, you. The new creation longs to complete in you. And our transformation begins in a garden with the tree of life. Just not the one at the beginning of the Bible, or even the one at the end, but the tree of life in the center of the Bible the one suspended between heaven and earth and two trees, the cross of Christ, the true tree of life. So now through the reading of the story, through prayer and living faithful lives for him, we continue to experience access to God. And also we gain a foretaste of Eden and the effects of the tree of life. We just don't gain the experience of eating directly from it and seeing God face to face like Adam and Eve did yet. Still, the tree of life is a symbol of human access to God. Second, the tree of life was lost, but only kind of. Humanity lost access to the tree of life when we chose wisdom and what was right in our own eyes versus listening to the wisdom of God and choosing his path for us. Thus entered chaos and destruction and life between two trees in Genesis and the tree of life in Revelation. And so, as Shane Wood writes, Between these two trees life is hard between these two trees despairs humanity's native tongue and agony its anthem we chose union with death because of that choice adam and eve were exiled from east of eden to live in the wilderness and god placed cherubim to guard the way to the tree of life without access to the tree of life that meant death was inevitable and would occur to them one day but there's good news the thought of the tree of life actually never left the people In fact, it continued on as a symbol of abundant life for Israel. For example, the tabernacle and the temple in the Old Testament resembled Little Edens, and part of the decorations in these dwelling places was the menorah to resemble the tree of life. In fact, in the tabernacle, it was the only light source. All of this was to encourage Israel of their special part in God's plan and choose him over themselves. Unfortunately, though, we read that Israel disregards God's plan for them to experience long and abundant life in the promised land, and it leads them into the Babylonian exile. Still, hope remained as Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 11.1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. There is hope for a Messiah to come from a fallen stump of Israel, and that hope is Jesus, the true tree of life, who gives each one of us to this day an experience of the healing leaves that the tree gives. We get to embrace life and seek union with Jesus over death that tries to hold on to us. Shane Wood says, "...Christ dislodges the fruit of Genesis 3 to move us from betrayal to fidelity, from crucifixion to resurrection, from conflict to conquest." What does Jesus tell the man whose son was possessed with an unclean spirit that asked if it was possible for Jesus to heal his son? And this is said in Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. All things are possible for the one who believes. And the boy was immediately healed. Guess what? The source of Eden and the source of the tree of life came to earth as a human And when we accept Messiah Jesus as our King, we move from betrayal to fidelity, from from death to life, from being in conflict to being more than a conqueror. The tree of life was not lost, friends. The tree of life is before our very eyes in Jesus. And the third thing about the tree of life is that it will be replanted. As we read in Revelation 22, the tree of life will be replanted in the garden city of the New Jerusalem. Here in this Eden land, the tree of life will no longer need to be protected by the cherubim or the flaming sword. Through Jesus' overcoming death, we will regain access to the tree of life. In this land, there will be no more curse or death, only life because Jesus has made all things new. Night will be no more, and there will be no more need for the sun or lamp because God will be the only light we need. We have a future hope in Jesus. The way the world is now will not be how the world always is. Jesus will come to restore and finish what was started. Now, the tree of life is a symbol of this abundant life that is coming when all nations are healed and we get to live together as one united group in the Garden City. I want to end tonight with words from Shane Wood about the invitation um, that Scripture gives to us about Jesus, but also the tree of life. So let's, let's, uh, let's, let's do the quote, and then we'll do the scripture. Scripture invites us into a story that calls us and empowers us to transform, to be someone different, to navigate life between two trees by clinging to the tree standing in the middle, the true tree of life, the cross of Calvary. All we need to do is learn how to listen. And this is Revelation 22:14. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter by the city gates. This invitation to run through the city gates and have access to the tree of life is open to you. In fact, Jesus has always extended it to you. Will you say yes? Will you say union, yes to union with life and seek his light over whatever darkness is in your life? Let me tell you um, just a, a, a bit about about um, about me and like this this journey of of discovering like like um, of of just study through the tree of life. For a while, I struggled with the thought that I would miss out if if I had died and didn't get to experience life here on earth. Maybe maybe you're similar to me. The more I study scripture and the more I look into paradise. Um, of, of the Garden City, I can't help but desire so badly to be there. This is the place where our true home is. It's not that I don't love life here. It's not that I don't love all of you because I do. But when you start to encounter home, I mean, truly encounter it, like there are times where where things may be messy or may be full of darkness in my life. Um, imagine being there in this Garden City, with the tree of life there in view, and walking up to Jesus with Caitlin and my son Isaiah, and giving Jesus a hug, and looking out over this beautiful, amazing, perfect land. All I want to do is go home because I'm homesick. At the same time, that gives me hope, and it drives me in this life to wholly pursue Jesus, and it gets me through the times that are hard and that are rough and full of wilderness i dream of the day when i get to walk up to the tree of life to take the fruit bite into it and experience life like i've never experienced before to be there right alongside jesus and i want that for you too let's pray thank you jesus for being life for giving us life for making us new and i just pray god that we would um yeah, just use this, this tree of life specifically just as a thought of like when we're, we're accessing it, we're accessing you. We have access to it now because of what you've done for us and going to the cross and defeating death and giving us your Holy Spirit. So thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you for new life, and thank you that we get to be new each day. It's in your name we pray. Amen.